Hey, what is up, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by the incredible sponsors of the program, ChemicalFreeBody.com. If health and wellness is a priority for you, then check out the incredible products over at ChemicalFreeBody. Plant-based nutritional supplements from Super Greens, my favorite, with all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, and micronutrients in just one single scoop. Toss it in your glass of water, your shake, your smoothie, however you want to do it. They also have other incredible products, gut detoxers, anti-inflammatories, immune boosters, and so much more. ChemicalFreeBody.com and check out that promo code, it's me, all one word, it's me for discounts at your checkout. And look, we have so many different insurance policies in our life. And if the last couple years has taught you anything, it taught me that storable food needs to be on that list. Prepare with itsme.com, the incredible products over at My Patriot Supply. They have four-week supply of food, three-month supply, all products with up to a 25-year shelf life. Have the peace of mind, ladies and gentlemen, of having storable food and have that supply on deck. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And uh, if you have, you know, shaving needs like nice chrome domes like me, SkullShaver.com is a whole new concept in face and head shaving. The products offered over there include men's head shavers, face shavers, hair clippers, and trimmers. And ladies, we haven't forgot about you with the butterfly kiss. And we also have a large selection of accessories to make your life that much more simple. All of the shavers come with uh, removable, washable blades made of premium Japanese stainless steel to ensure flawless results. It just makes it so much easier. You can get your shaving done anytime, anywhere, in or out of the shower. It gets no better. Skullshaver.com, front slash discount, front slash it's me. All of the links to these incredible products will be in the description of this episode. So without further delay, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of It's Me Speaking to You. I am, as always, your ever-faithful host, Mr. Jeffrey Wilson, coming to you live and direct from the gateway to the west, St. Louis, Missouri. And again, folks, today we have a very, very special guest who has decided to come by and hang out with us for a little bit. If you watch wrestling at any point in time, in the 80s and into the 90s, then you know who this gentleman is. He struck fear into the hearts of many, ladies and gentlemen. Standing at his, when he wrestled, man, he was standing at about six foot eight, 385 pounds. The gentleman wrestled approximately 650 matches in a 30 year career. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Jim Harris, a.k.a. Kamala, the Ugandan Giant. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing all right. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me on. Oh, absolutely, sir. Thank you for your 30 years in the professional wrestling business. It's been uh, quite a ride, has it not? Oh, it has been. A lot of ups and a lot of downs, a lot of travel, so... I made it through it all with the help of the good Lord. Absolutely. And uh, I'm not going to keep Jim too long. as uh, It's been kind of well documented. Jim's been having some health issues lately, so I'm not going to keep him on the horn too long. But I do obviously want to ask you just a few questions, obviously starting out with how your wrestling career started. From According to kind of my research, you didn't really want to be a professional wrestler. It was just kind of one of them accidental things that you fell into. Is that correct, sir? Yeah, I never did want to be a professional wrestler. But anyway, like, like you said, I just fell into it in a way because I had a friend of mine, Bobo Bazia, the late Bobo Bazia. Oh, yeah. That that uh, 
lady that wrestled, and I used to travel with him a little bit when I was in Michigan. And uh, that's what made me get a little bit interested in it. And I, I couldn't find a job. And I told um, I told uh, my sister boyfriend, I said, I ought to go and wrestle. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I'll take you to somebody that can teach you right now. And uh, that's when he took me to Bobo Vazia, but I didn't mean it. And, but I didn't want to take it back. You started out as as as, uh, as it was it James Sugarbear Harris or what was your first uh, Sugarbear? Okay, James Sugarbear. Yeah. And where was that at? What territory was that? It was in the uh, Mississippi territory. It was this George Coleman who just ran only Mississippi. Oh, okay, okay. Very interesting, very interesting. And obviously, you know, we I could talk to you forever because your career's been so long. But like I said, I'm not going to keep you. If so, the 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 ride or the the. The whoever founded the gimmick Kamal, it seems like a few people sound like they've taken credit for it. But <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think even you have stated in interviews Jerry the King Lawler is the one who approached you about the Kamala gimmick. Um, were you in? Is that true? And were you in Memphis at the time? Well, I went to Memphis. I had just moved back from England, and uh, I went to Memphis to see a friend of mine. Troy Grimm, and uh, to get me some wrestling tights. He always sold used wrestling tights and stuff like that because I didn't know what time my stuff, my, my uh, stuff would arrive from him because it came by water. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just wanted to be ahead, but I had my ankle broke too at the time, but it was healing. Was that so, from wrestling? Uh, yeah, that's from wrestling when I was in England. Hmm. Yeah, I got it broke. Yeah, so anyway, when I went there, I ran up on Jerry Lawler, and he was at the door. He said, can I help you? You know, he thought I was just a fan trying to get in the back. So he said, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm here to see the dream machine. I said, you're looking at me like you don't know me, Lola. He said, ooh, how are you? I said, I used to wrestle on the name Sugar Bear Harris. He said, oh, yeah. He said, how can I, can I help you? I said, I came to see the dream machine. He said, well, look here. How would you like to uh, uh, wrestle in this territory? He said, I bet you I can make you more money than you ever made in your life. Ooh. And that sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been in Mid-South Coliseum. It, it was about empty that night. They didn't have nobody there. So Lola told me he was going to call me. I had heard that from a mini promoter, so I didn't look for him to call me, but he did call me. Hmm. That wins and asked me could I come to Hemisphere, Tennessee. And uh, that's when he came, he, he put the gimmick on me. I'm pretty sure he already had it in his mind what he was going to do because he's real good at that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got up there. He asked me, did I mind shaving my mustache? I said, no, I don't mind. And so my head was already shaved. So uh, anyway, that's when he started painting. He painted me up. 
He he was the one with the up. design to the star and the moon. Oh yeah, he the one that did it. He oh, he, wow. he painted himself. Oh wow! Yeah, he yeah he painted, he's an artist. He's a he's a very good artist. Yeah. So he did that, and after he done that, uh, he said we're gonna go for a little walk. He made the spear. He made the skirt that I still have today. And uh, anyway, the mask. Where'd we the went, mask come from? Uh, Jerry Jarrett. Oh wow! But now I have another mask that I brought. No, that one came from. I forget where I brought one from Africa, because I lived out there in Africa for a little while. And anyway, we went down by the pond, and that's when they put all the ice. They said it was an alligator in the pond, so that's when they put all the ice in there and made the smoke and all that stuff. But is that that original promo where you were like supposed to be in the jungles of Africa, but you were at somebody's house or somebody's backyard or something? Is that? Well, it was on Jerry Jerry's farm. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so he had a big farm. Well, he had one. I don't know if he still have it or not, but he had a big farm in Hendersonville. And that's where we did the video. And they showed it on television out here that, that Saturday. Yeah, and then that Monday, the house was full. I mean, it was full. So, Jerry, Jerry Lawler, I heard Jerry, Jerry say that, uh, you know, he was a part of the gimmick, and he probably will be. All yeah. I know is Lawler did the Lawler did the paint. Lawler did all the designs, and uh, that's who I give credit. But well, I give you, Jared, I, I give Jerry Jarrett credit for you know letting me start the gimmick anyway in his in his territory. Yeah, he had that territory at the time. Man, interesting bit of history. And so obviously you moved around during the territory times. You moved around quite a bit as most wrestlers did. And then you got to the WWE in what year was that? 80 I forget what year that was. 84. 84. Okay. And did you go in and yeah. out a couple times or was that pretty much your run 84 until you were done? No, I uh went in and out a few times. Okay. Okay, yeah, I went in and out. Well, most notably, like I said, I don't want to keep you too long, and I hate to keep saying that, but most notably uh, of your WWE tenure um, is, is you know, obviously we know that, you know, people don't get all paid the same, aren't taken care of all the same in, in wrestling, and especially in the WWF at the time. There was a big match you had with The Undertaker. I believe it was at a SummerSlam. Um and it was something like I had heard, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that the Undertaker made approximately a half of a mi- <clears throat> excuse me a half of a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, and you made I think it was like seven or ten or something like that. Was that is that correct, sir? Uh, almost, but I made thirteen. Wow! Oh, and he made mm-hmm. five hundred thousand. Yeah, I couldn't confirm that because you know I never saw his chick stub. Right, right. And uh, but I saw it in uh, the agent book because Steve Lombardi is the one that showed it to me mm. when the agent, you know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Well, is it true that your merchandise at that time was like selling more than almost anybody's? Did you? Have I don't know numbers about on that. Oh, okay, I didn't know if you were privy to those numbers. I remember hearing something about your. Your merchandise, your dolls, and you know stuff like that were selling very, very well. Well, if they were, I wasn't getting paid for it, and I still don't. 
Oh, this is yeah, insane. I don't have no way of knowing. Wow. Well, in another bit of, of lore, if you will, that I found, man, very fascinating was, um, I, it sounds like you guys worked it out, but you and Andre the Giant had some pretty pretty significant heat uh, based off of, it sounded like a misunderstanding in the ring um, that broke, that basically precipitated a fist fight. You guys got into a fist fight. Um, and then following that, you wound up, <laughs> I couldn't believe this, so tell me if this is true. You wound up carrying a loaded 357 in your tights when you wrestled Andre. What happened? What, no. what started all that? Is no, that I didn't carry uh, almost, but I didn't carry a, a 357. That would been that would have been too big to carry in my tight. Oh, I mean, what uh, it was like a snub nose or 38 or I forget. I'm I'm not a gun aficionado necessarily. Yeah, that was snub nose. Uh, 357, and uh, but I had a little stack bear 22 Dunyu mm-hmm. that I in the ring with me, uh, you know, for about three months, I would say. Um, so, what that started was, that? Uh, what happened? What was something in the ring, or was it out of the ring? It was my first time ever wrestling Andre in 1982, and uh, I was in Oklahoma City, I think it was. Bill for Bill Watts, Mitchell Sport. And somewhere in the match, he called me a dumb SOB. And that's when uh, he threw me up off him. And after that, I grabbed him by his hair and pulled him up. It wasn't a fist fight. He was trying to cover up because I beat daylight out of him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> said he beat the brakes off Andre, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, and the next day we were where we could talk to each other at. And uh, so we could go in each other's dressing room. Mm-hmm. Now, that's when I had the 357, but I had it in my pocket, my pants pocket. And this, uh, I went in the dressing room where Andre was, and that's when I stuck my finger right on his nose. And I, tell him, I told him that I would kill him. I said, I would kill you. Don't you ever do that again. That's when he apologized. I'm sorry, boss. I'm sorry. But he didn't see the pistol. He didn't see my gun because I had it in my right pocket. I had my right hand on it, mm. and I had my, my I had my left hand on Andre's nose. After that, we had no more problems. Really? None at all. No, now, none at all. You guys weren't necessarily friends after that, or just no? There was just no more beef. You guys weren't like out having beers together. It's just there was just no more. No, drama. no, we wasn't. We weren't friends. And we never did go out or drink or nothing together. No, not one time. Hmm. And I didn't want to. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Interesting, interesting. Well, um, moving on a little bit, um, I think, sir, and I know, like I said, you haven't necessarily been treated the best by the WWE um but a lot of people have a conversation when people, you know, around WrestleMania time, who should go into the Hall of Fame? Do you have you ever given any thought whatsoever? to possibly being into the Hall of Fame. I've seen other interviews where, like, Jim Duggan, Cactus Jack, you know, Mick Foley has said, you know, you're definitely a worthy candidate of the Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts on the WWE Hall of Fame, and is that something that interests you at all? No, not at all. And some some people tell me, say, uh, mm-hmm. I would love to see you in that Hall of Fame. So you need, if they call you, you need to go. But uh, I think I should be in there, but... It don't interest me at all. What is all of them? It don't interest me at all. 
I mean, I know what it is, but it, it don't bother me. I thought, don't they, like, doesn't the WWE, like, kick out, a, you know, a, like, check every once in a while to Hall of Fame inductees? I, I thought there was, like, you know, some measure of, I don't know, uh, taking care of you a little bit once you're into the Hall of Fame. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know about that. Hmm. I don't know if they get paid or, or not. Well, I, me personally, sir, as an, I mean, and I, you know, that's, a, it is kind of a, you know the WWE isn't the be all end all, but it is. There are so many eyes on it, and there are, there is a huge generation that may not necessarily of of new wrestling fans, young ones who don't necessarily know who you are. But you know, like last night, I went on the WWE Network. There's just so much content with you on there. It's really crazy that you know they don't pay you for that, but um, it's I don't know. I would like to see you in there, sir. I would love to see you in the, the Hall of Fame or the one that's now. You you know a uh, cowboy John Lusk, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, started Mantel. out with. Yeah, so he's got. I guess the new, uh, a new version, if you will, of the pro wrestling, pro wrestling Hall of Fame has now been moved to Texas, which I'm very anxious to see, and I'm actually wanting to get him on the show as well. Yeah, so yeah, I know Dunneman do you. From uh, World Class, because you had a stint in World Class, correct? Well, when I first started uh, in the Mississippi Territory, so the talking. Okay, because I remember you worked with uh, Gary, what was that, Gary Hart? I forget. No, Gary Hart was in Texas. Okay. I thought, but yeah. you had, you did a, you did a small little run in tech, in world class. I remember some sportatorium matches with you. Oh, there. yeah, yeah, I did a lot of them. The good old days, mm-hmm. man. Do you have any good road stories, any, you know, any particular territory that you liked the most? Well, the territory that I liked the most was Mid-South Sports. Oh, Bill Watts. And Nick, and, and yeah. And I like the uh, Dallas territory with the Von Erichs. Those are the only two that I that I feel comfortable in, and that's really that's really really liked. Well, and you also have you know kind of chronicled a lot of this in your book, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Kamala Speaks. It is written by James Harris himself and another gentleman by the name of Kenny Casanova. Um, you can find that a little bit of everywhere. It's on Amazon. Um, what prompted that book, sir? And um, it's Looks like it's got some pretty interesting stories in there. What prompted the book? Uh, Kenny Casanova. Wanted to make sure you get that career down. Write it down. Yeah. Well, we was on the phone constantly for about eight months, you know, on uh, days that I didn't have to go to Dallas. And we'd talk for hours at a time trying to get it down. Wow. I'd like to have been a fly on the wall. I mean, you probably, I, I need to obviously pick it up and check it out. You uh, obviously relay some road stories in there chronicling the uh, the 30-year career. Uh, pick it up, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, Kamala Speaks. It is, uh, you can find it, uh, I have it looking at it right here on Amazon. I'm sure there's other outlets that carry it. Um, give a, give it a shot, folks. Um, I'm going to let you go, sir. Is there any uh, anything you'd like to say to your fans prior to me letting you go, sir? Well, I would like to say... As I always do, that they all, all my loyal fans that writes me, email me every day. I want to thank them for their loyalty. Uh, I'm probably not saying it right. Loyalty, I feel you. And you have a lot yeah. of loyal fans out here, sir. Yeah, and I want to thank them for it, and want them to know that I appreciate everything that they did for me, as far as uh being loyal and being and donating 
gifts and money to me. I appreciate all of that. Thank you very much. And again, man, thank you. I will speak for, I guess, many people. Thank you so very much for your 30-year career dealing with all of the stuff you've had to deal with, you know, as, as it relates to wrestling and even, you know, some of the post-wrestling medical stuff. You know, a lot of prayers are floating your way, man. A lot of positive mojo, a lot of positive energy coming your way. As you know, it's kind of weird. As as a wrestler, you you scare the crap out of people, but <laughs> you got so much love now, man. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love them too. Well, again, sir, I can't thank you enough, man. Um, it's been my pleasure, Jim. Thank you for taking the time. So I really do thank you. Um. Thank you for the career. Thanks for everything. Um, and all the oh, best you to you, sir. Yeah, thank you so much, man. And I, I wish you all the best health. Um, hopefully, maybe I can, uh, since I got your number, shoot you a text sometime, check up on you, and see how you're doing. You should be welcome. Thank you so much, sir. This has been James Sugar Bear Harris, a.k.a. Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Thanks again, sir. You take care of yourself. Okay, you too, man. All right, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. This has been It's Me speaking to you. I've been chatting with the Kamala, the Ugandan giant. <laughs> Have a good day, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>